The night may be long and the dark may be deep, but the answers are there to be found. Whether it's the normal, the abnormal, or the paranormal, you're in the right place. Let's go beyond reality. Welcome to the show, everyone. I'm your host, JV. Thanks for being here with me tonight. Looking forward to our discussion. Tonight, we've got Rena Kumarasingham joining us to talk about, uh, well, you know, the funny thing about this conversation is I thought it was about one thing, and I was kind of right. Uh, but it turns out it's far more complex and far more in-depth than what I had even realized. And we'll be talking about uh, past life regression and past life regression therapy, but also using past life regression to connect to uh, some biblical, uh, important biblical figures and what that means for living in the higher vibration. There's a lot to this. I'm not even going to pretend that I can walk you through it. I know our guest is an expert on the topic, so we'll let her do that. Again, Rena Kumarasingham will be our guest tonight as we uh, delve into this very, very, what I would say, deep, thought-provoking, and uh, essential conversation. And I'm looking forward to this very much. So we'll go to break, and we will get Rena on the line with us. Rena is in the U.K., and uh, it's very early in the morning for her, so we appreciate the fact that she's agreed to do this. So we'll do all that. We'll get ready to go, and we will be ready to uh, to have this conversation on Beyond Reality. So don't go away. We'll be right back. Please support the program. Go to patreon.com slash johaw. That's J-O-H-A-W. This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Welcome back to the program. It's Beyond Reality. I'm your host, JV. We have a very uh, terrific conversation underway or getting ready to be underway tonight with Rena Kumarasingham. And uh, Rena is not only a, a regression therapist, but she's an author. She's written several books, including Shrouded Truth, The Magdalene Lineage, and Divine Consciousness. And we're going to talk about all of that with Rena. Rena, welcome to Beyond Reality. It's a real honor and a pleasure to have you on the program tonight. Great to have you here. Hi, JV. Thank you so much for having me. I have to start out by asking you uh, something that's a little bit off topic, because um, sure. in looking at your YouTube channel and checking out some of the things that you've posted there, one of the right. things that obviously was a, was a stood out to me, given the times we're living in, is the mm -hmm. fact that you, you um, actually had COVID-19 uh, back in March. Can you share that experience with us? Oh, yeah, I can. Um, so... So on March 27th, my second book, The Magdalene Lineage, was released. And then about March 29th, I fell like a 10-ton truck down a ravine because I got COVID. Mm. So just basically the timeline was that um, in, when I, you know, I initially got a low-grade fever and really deep fatigue. Mm -hmm. And to me, that was really interesting um, because it felt like every single bit of energy was drained from my system. And so I took to bed. Um, that lasted for about uh, one week. <clears throat> and also it was interesting that when I had the fatigue, I also felt very, very um, unmasked. Does that make sense? I made re I felt really vulnerable and very, very exposed. Sure. Yeah. All my armor had dropped. 
Um, and then uh, about a week after that, in on on Monday, which was I think April sixth, I felt a little bit better, and I thought, oh, okay, you know, so I'm probably beating this thing. Um, and then it was March seventh. It was Tuesday. I woke up in the middle of the night, and I took a deep breath, and I couldn't breathe. I literally couldn't breathe because I felt like there was a vice. Um, sort of squeezing the top part of my lung and the bottom part of my lung. And th- that was when I started to panic because, you know, sure. breathing is something we take for granted. Yeah. You find until you can't, can't breathe. Yeah, until you can't do it. You take it for granted until all of a sudden you realize you're having trouble with it. That's right. And so that sort of lasted for about uh, four, well, no, actually that start, that lasted for about five days. Uh, and on the Friday, I had a, a near-death experience. So that was April 10th because of COVID, um, uh, where I was actually given the choice to live or leave. And then I, I chose to live. I mean, that's another whole story in itself. Yeah, we're probably um, going to want to touch on that a little bit, I think. Okay. So <clears throat> basically what happened was my husband... Um, uh, you know, he came to the to the bedroom and, and he said goodnight to me and it was about 10 o'clock. I mean, this is just burned in my mind, in my memory now. And I, I, I took, you know, I, I turned the light up and I was closing my eyes and my body knew that if I close my eyes now, it will be the last time. I, you know, I would never open them again. And my body just knew that. And then, and then I, you know, and, and, you know, the mind consciousness went, Oh, okay, so this is interesting. And then suddenly I saw five beings of light down at the foot of my bed. Oh. So, yeah. Um, and because I also teach uh, with the Past Life Regression Academy, I sort of train people in um, life between lives regression. So I'll just put it, I'll just tell you the experience using that structure. So basically what happened was that they um, they sort of did a, a, a quick life review for me, the light, the, be- excuse me, the light beings were doing this. Yes. Okay. The light beings. So this would be my spirit guides and, and some other light beings. Mm-hmm. Uh, so they did a quick life review for me and, and, you know, what I went through in my life. Then they did um, really intense heart chakra clear, uh, healing or clearing. Um, and the reason why I said this was because I, I had a lot of wounding in my heart chakra and so, you know, that was sort of all, uh, they worked on that. And then I had an out-of-body experience. The out-of-body experience was incredibly visceral because I felt, you know, it, it was like being moved with an ocean current. You know, you had no control. Because one thing that was going through my mind was, um, okay, I, I need to leave a note for my husband. <laughs> yeah, know, right. <laughs> <laughs> that this is happening and none of this was his fault because he was doing everything he could to take care of me. And I, you know, and, and I just could bear the thought of him coming down in the morning, seeing my lifeless body right. going, what happened? Do you know what I mean? So sure. I really wanted to write him a, a note or, or say something to him. But nope, you know, it was just being pulled with this ocean current, like this ocean current uh, to this different to, to a different plane, it was, uh, you know, it looked like uh, an infinite plane with, with lots of stars, but not stars, if, if that makes any sense, with li- little sprinklings of light. Mm-hmm. And then, um, and, and then 
And it was also very interesting because it felt like I dropped my ego self behind. And one of the, the, one of, one of the things I felt very strongly when this was happening is, you know, in, in the body, you just feel like, um, it, you know, you're very important to your family or your, your existence is quite important to your work. But as you're, when I was leaving the body, I just felt like, oh, okay, you know, I'm because I was leaving my ego self behind and I started to expand, I just felt that everything was, was you know, I, I barely made a ripple, if that makes any sense. Mm-hmm. So it was almost, it, I mean, I love that feeling because it took a lot of pressure off me. And the whole time I was going through this, there was a lot of peace and calm and freedom. I've never felt so much peace, calm and freedom before, except for that niggling thought of, you know, I need to write a note to my husband. Um, and then, like, I was sort of suspended in this, in this infinite space. And on the right, I saw the earth. And on the left, I saw even more of this space. And I was shown with this earth that there was this, what I would call a gray, suffocating consciousness, if that makes sense, a a, a consciousness of suffocation that was sort of gridded around the earth. And what I was told is that, you know, basically with the way we have chosen to live and and do things, we have created this sort of grid of, of suffocation nearly, where, you know, we might be quite used to living in this way. So, for example, you know, like we all have to, um, not you know, not all of us, some of us, most of us maybe have to get up. Like we feel like we're forced to get up, go to work, um, to pay our bills, you know, and, and, right. and so, solely to pay our bills as opposed to, you know, doing things that we love, for example. So that is part of this, you know, how we've created this, this this grid of suffocation. Um, and I mean, and there are so many things that we can talk about that's actually created that. And so they were saying that, you know, we, we have like, they were telling me that, you know, there is this amazing space of infinite freedom of peace. And then there is this earth where you've got pockets of that freedom and you've also got this grid of suffocation. And I thought that was really interesting because if you look at the the big events in the world these you know this year especially I think we started with big forest fires in Australia and then now in Colorado and and California and when I speak to my friends in California they are more worried about the air quality and they can't breathe in the air quality. Um, so that's part of the, the suffocation. And then if you look at the big pandemic, you know, which is COVID, and that's all about, you know, having uh, breathing problems. Mm-hmm. And then also if you if you look at, and I'm not making a political statement, but if you look at the George Floyd protests, their slogan is, I can't breathe, you know, and this was worldwide. So it's almost like the world is manifesting physically this sort of grid of, con- this suffocating grid. And um, so they basically gave me a choice, you know, because because I, I was going, you know, because of this thought, I have to I have to write this note to my husband. I have to write this note to my husband. Yeah. And they gave me they gave me a choice. They said, OK, you can either choose to leave, which is going into this this, you know, infinite plane of 
of peace and freedom. I mean, it was so tempting. And then they said, or you can choose to live. But, you know, the deal is to live in these pockets of freedom. And um, so I, I, you know, the, 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 the decision-making process was quite hazy for me. But then I remember very clearly deciding to live. And then it felt like they were pulling these white these white things out of my body i'm not sure what it is i'm thinking maybe it's the worst of the symptoms mm-hmm. and then um i saw then every, then i blacked out and then um i opened my eyes and you know i think it was about uh two in the morning um uh and and i was back in bed and sort of stayed awake the rest of the day night in mild shock yeah do you think that given your work with regression uh, therapy and also your efforts to uh, live at a higher vibration, which I'm getting a bit ahead of ourselves because we haven't talked about this yet, but okay. we'll get to that. But given okay. given your work in that, do you think you were better able during this uh, out-of-body, near-death experience to interpret the messages that you were getting, to understand that the Earth is being uh, surrounded by uh, a, a, a consciousness of uh, suffocation? Or do you think that anybody who had gone through that experience would have recognized those things? I think, um, I mean, frankly speaking, it took me about two months to interpret what had happened right. because, you know, I was still, I, I still had to then get over COVID and that was, you know, in itself, it took me about three months after that to get over COVID. Wow. But then I had this, 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 you know, this mass of information and I know, I mean, it's really interesting because I never thought I'd go through a near-death experience. So, you know, I first talked to someone who had gone through it, who said the experience is very familiar. And then I spoke to someone else and I sort of, well, I checked, you know, she was a friend of mine and I sort of talked at her for about an hour and a half, just sort of, um, you know, using her as a soundboard. Um, but obviously I've had time to reflect on it and, 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 and that's made it very clear in my mind. But in terms of the, the grid of suffocation, that came very, very quickly mm-hmm. to me. And I think because you, because you, I think when you have this out of body, when I had the out of body experience, the near death experience, you sort of, your consciousness expands and everything become, everything makes sense. You know, and right. it, it like every everything that that I thought was important to me in this life, um, I, I let go of it all. You know, there was just no choice. You just let go of everything and, and you get a sort of a expanded consciousness. And then it just all sort of made sense. The other thing about the earth that I got as well was that I got that, you know, there, you know, there's this gray grid, but the earth will shake it off. And then I saw like different points of the earth, you know, so there was the earth with the gray grid, smoky grid, which is, you know, the the suffocation, Mm -hmm. I call it suffocation consciousness. And then she was clear. And then there was, there were these white sort of almost like cumulus clouds around her. Um, I don't know what that was. And then she was clear. And then there was this uh, ring of fire around her and then she was clear. And then she sort of shrunk into this, tiny dense spot and then she sort of you know was her life cycle had ended Hmm. so and they basically said you know like what we go through now is like a blip a tiny teeny tiny blip in the big time so 
Yeah. Wow. Uh, so let's um let's kind of define some of what I I just brought up here in my last question to you. But in order okay. to do that, we've got to we've got to kind of rewind the tape a little bit. Tell us yeah. about your introduction to past life regression and past life regression therapy. How were you introduced to this? Okay. So I grew up in, in Malaysia, but I was brought up a Hindu. Um, you know, I've got a Sri Lankan ancestry. So we brought up, because I was brought up a Hindu, to me, past lives were a matter of fact. You know, I, mm-hmm. I, when I was younger, I didn't understand that, that people, some people believed in it and some people didn't believe in it. And then um, when I went to university, I did a degree in psychology because I wanted to, you know, be able to help people, you know, psychologically. But when I graduated um, with this degree, when I was 21 years old, I felt like I wasn't ready to serve in this capacity. So I, I did a, a master's in business administration, and I ended up in the corporate world for about 10 years, and I did uh, public relations for the media industry in Asia Pacific. Um, after about nearly 10 years, I got really bored, and I spoke to a mentor in the public relations world, and he said to me, Rena, if you're bored of doing public relations in media, you're better off getting out of public relations altogether. And so um, I thought, okay, you know, let's go and investigate the psychology thing. And um, and I was in Singapore at this time, and um, and suddenly there was this course that was advertised, and basically this course uh, by the Past Life Regression Academy um, married psychotherapeutic techniques with past life regression, and the angels started to sing for me because I thought, aha, this is it. This is this is for me. <laughs> <laughs> and then um, so I did the course and I, 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 you know, every time I did the course, it solidified the fact that this is what I wanted to do in, with my life. Um, because not only did we do past life regression, we did between lives regression, we did ancestral regression, we did current life regression. And so it was, you know, a nice comprehensive course. And then I ended up marrying the teacher. <laughs> <laughs> And I and I joke with him because I say, you know, you not only did you get me, you also got my money. So we're still talking about this, you know, ten years later. <laughs> that's that's great. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and then he that so I came to the UK, and 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 so I've been practicing this for 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 more than for a little bit more than ten years, and I've also been training people in the Past Life Regression Academy. I've trained people to be regression therapist, be it past lives, or right now I'm focusing on between lives. And um, and I teach in the U.S. I used to teach in Australia and the U.K. And it was during my time when I was um, working with different clients and also working with students that uh, the people from, you know, the people that I regressed from my book, sort of they went back spontaneously to their lives in the biblical times over a period of four years, and so basically that's how the 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 past the the people came the the regressions for the books came about as well. Right, and we're going to talk about those for sure. Um, but before we do, you 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 do training now. Do you still do the training for other people who are learning to do this? Yes, I do. I focus more on between lives uh, regression at the moment. I used to teach past lives, but when the book sort of came about, I had to drop something to focus on the books. Right. Yeah. 
so I, I do the between lives spiritual regression training now. Um, yeah, when you talk about between lives, um, in fact, one of the things that I that I noted on, I think it was on your uh, maybe your website or in some of the information we have about your work, uh, you train in between lives spiritual reg- regression modalities. What does that That's mean? Right. What does that mean? So basically, you know, we've it's almost like we've got um, holographic timeline that affects us. So most people understand current life regression where you go back to a time in your current life um, to to explore. Then you've got past lives where you go back to a different life that you've experienced in the past. Between lives, spiritual regression basically takes on from Michael Newton's work of life between lives regression. And it takes people back to the point between your last past life and your current life. In this part, uh, in this section, what we can find out is your life purpose. We can find out things like um, why you chose to come back and, 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 and go through the experience that you've gone through. We can find out, we can meet uh, your soul group members. And when I talk about soul group members, these are the people, significant people in your life that you've you you've had like significant happenings with you know it could be some very loving person it could be someone that you've had a lot of challenges with but in the between lives phase you know what happens is they normally meet the soul group members and they get a deeper spiritual insight as to why that meeting took place so for example, um, some of the, the life purposes that people come down for is maybe to learn about love. But some people choose to learn about love through lack of love. Does that make sense? So, um, so for example, you've got, uh, so, so the, say the client is an addict and you know, they're trying really hard to, to, to get better but they find it a little bit difficult. And so when you go through the between life perspective, you'll get a spiritual perspective of why that addiction took place in the, in the first place. And a lot of times it's because there was a lack of love for, for themselves in their lives. And, you know, it's all about finding love for themselves in order to be able to, to beat that addiction. And so when you get this much deeper spiritual insight, you so there is a deeper understanding of the purpose and, and a, a deeper acceptance as well. There's not so much resistance, and it brings about some, some measure of peace. So help me understand then, what is different about the, I guess it would be the soul, or I, I, and correct That's me right. if I'm not using the right word, um, yes. But what is different about the soul between lives that it allows you to get all this additional information versus the soul that is in each of us walking around here now or the soul that was in us as in our past life in incarnations? Got it. Got it. So um, when we take someone back to a past life, we're basically going through a, an incarnated soul, if that makes sense. And we're mm-hmm. going through the history of that. So there are two reasons why someone would do a past life regression. One is what I would call past life tourism, <laughs> where they go and, and just, you know, <laughs> where they explore different past lives and, you know, to get the different stories, you know, and that's quite a fun thing to do. 
But there is a second reason for doing this. And one of the reasons is that, you know, if, if, we, if, if we are going through like a deep challenge in this current life, say, for example, a deep phobia, and say it's a deep phobia of the dark, of, 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 of dark right? Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes the source of that phobia is in the past life where perhaps someone were, you know, in the past life, maybe this, the soul was raped in the dark. So, you know, they've gone through that life and, and they've sort of processed that life a little bit, but they weren't able to shake off the trauma of the rape. But how it's manifested is it's manifested as the fear of dark in this life. So when we do past life regression, we are able to go back to that past life, look for the source of the trauma, transform that source of trauma. And so basically, when you bring back that transformation into the current life, they sort of get over the the fear of the dark. Um, What happens in between lives is that they are not incarnated in in the body so they have this expanded consciousness the one i was talking about when i had my death experience so it's the same soul but it doesn't have its ego body it doesn't have the physical body and because it has the expanded consciousness and you're sort of they and they're sort of walking in in the spirit realms or you know wherever wherever their original um home is as as it were um they get a completely different spiritual perspective as opposed to us right now where we're, you know, when we're in our bodies, we get a different perspective as well. But when we're in our bodies, it's more a, a emotional and mental perspective in this, in, in the between lives, because there is no body and, and there is this expanded perspective you get a um, you get a deeper understanding that you can then integrate in your current life as you move forward. Does that make sense? Yeah, it makes a lot of sense. Um, okay. I want to just hit a question that had scrolled through our chat room here before I forget it. Uh, okay. in, in your work with past life regression therapy with people, and I'm assuming you've actually put put much of this in practice with folks and done readings mm-hmm. for them. Um, have you had uh, any? instances of past lives that were non-terrestrial like non-earth type lives oh yes definitely for sure because what we're finding now especially as we're moving into um the shift you know this new consciousness we're finding that um there are souls that have come from or or that who have who have come from different dimensions or non-terrestrial souls Mm -hmm. who have embodied uh, human bodies um, to help with the shift as well, and this is very important when we do the between lives work, especially because um, their souls are not in the same vibration as the earth, as the terrestrial plane. So when a lot of them come into the body, they feel like they don't belong. Um, they feel uh, like they are not comfortable. They feel uh, like they are, um, you know, they, they, they don't understand why they're here. They, they, they can't seem to connect with a lot of people. Um, but when you do the between lives regression for them, and I'm finding more and more are coming to me, especially at, at this time, um, and they get a sense of mission, like why they're here doing what they're doing, a sense of purpose, 
then with this deeper understanding, you know, they sort of, um, where after they leave a session, they, they, they find so much peace because now they can focus on the mission and not on, on you know, just feeling like a fish out of water. So it's quite powerful for them. You mentioned something that is, I think, very important to this conversation tonight. You used the phrase new consciousness. What are we talking about when you say new consciousness? Okay. So with the new consciousness, I, I, I use that to refer to the birth of the new earth. So basically, um, I think a lot of people may refer to it as we're moving from the 3D reality to the 5D you know, earth at the moment. But actually, astrologically, what is happening, <clears throat> excuse me, is that we are moving from the age of Pisces to the age of Aquarius. Now, the last time we shifted ages or, or had a, a, a bringing about of a new consciousness um, of nearly this magnitude um, was about 2,000 years ago during the biblical times when we shifted from the age of um, Aries to the age of Pisces. And when this happens, what is happening basically is that um, the earth is getting ready for something new. <clears throat> Excuse me. And the earth is bringing in like quite a lot of new vibrations. And when that happens, if you just think about it, it's like um, it's like you've put up a, a, a pan of water to boil and and the heat's being turned up. And so, you know, all the, the molecules are just are just being shaken up and shaken up even more. And when this happens, you know, you will see there's a lot of, there will be quite a lot of chaos because it's almost like a massive spring clean of the consciousness. It's almost like it's a big turning point for the earth and everybody that lives on the earth and everything that lives on, you know, whether it's, it's animals, people, plants. And um, so 2000 years ago, you know, during the biblical times where my books are set as well, you know, there was a lot of um, uh, chaos uh, geopolitically, because you had the Romans that had occupied Judea, and, and there was a lot of chaos over there. You had uh, socioeconomic division was getting worse and worse because you had people protesting against the, 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 the Romans, protesting against the, the established, uh, the, the establishment. Um, and you're seeing the same thing right now. We've got huge geopolitical chaos around the world. We have got huge socioeconomic implications because of that around the world. But when that happens, you know, and, 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 and obviously there's also quite a lot of polarization. But with the, the extreme polarization, if we don't actually take part in the polarization, what we can see is it brings to light so many different aspects of the same issue that we can then, you know, look at for ourselves and we can find what resonates and what doesn't resonate for us. So we, we, we know what to keep for ourselves and what to let go of. And then with that, we'll, there will come a new spiritual way of being or, or, or an expanded state of consciousness, as it were. Um, and so that's basically what's happening at this time as well. And as we're moving into this new vibration, you know, it's it's nearly like it's almost like moving to a new home where it's quite chaotic. There's a lot of upheaval. It's a big turning point. You're going through um, everything it, that all your possessions and, you know, you're sort of 
uh, you're trying to figure out what to keep, what to take with you, what to discard of. And then it's also a period of discomfort because you're moving from something that you're quite comfortable with to something that's quite foreign, quite new, but it can be quite exciting as well. So um, that's basically what I talk, what I mean when I talk about moving to the new consciousness and how it will impact us practically as we're moving forward into it. In addition to talking about this and writing about this and teaching about this, you've practiced this. You've actually been working to live on a higher vibration in this new consciousness for some time. Yes, I have. Yeah, because um, one of the, the things that came about... Five years, no, not five years now, it's much longer, goodness. Um, (laughs) That happens, (laughs) I know. (laughs) Oops, I'm aging. Um, (laughs) About eight years ago uh, was I I started to um, channel um, this new course called Advanced Vibrational Training in the New Plane. And um, so basically... It's about how to to live and how to be in the new consciousness and how to work with the energies of the new consciousness. Because um, as we're moving to the new consciousness as well, we we are accessing high higher vibration energy, but also we it, you know it's clean, it's very clear, it's crystalline. Whereas in the in the consciousness, the older consciousness, you know, it's a bit murky, a bit mucky because <laughs> we've been in it for quite some time. And so what we can do is actually harness the energy and sort of live, you know, bring through the energy in, into ourselves and into what we do in a different way. So, I mean, an example that I can give you is when I had COVID, um, one of the things that I said to my husband that day when I realized that, you know, it hurt my lungs to breathe was I said to him, okay, I I either need, um, I said, my body knew that it needed oxygen. And so I said, okay, I either need to go to the hospital or we need to ADT this. That's the abbreviation that we use for this. And so basically it's about harnessing the energy of the oxygen and sort of just bringing that into my lungs. And when he did, and and we did this for about a week and, and it really helped me. Um, brought a lot of relief and really helped me breathe, for example. So, uh, yeah, so that's basically what uh, we teach. And we also teach about living, because when you're in, in the, 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 the higher vibration, everything that you feel becomes a little bit more intense because everything is sort of moving at a much higher rate. So if you're feeling scared or angry, you feel that a little bit more intense. If you're feeling love and joy, you're feeling a little bit more intense with that as well. So, you know, it's about, uh, it's, it's almost like a discipline to manage your own personal vibration, to be very centered as we're moving into the new vibration as well in a comfortable manner. Now, a lot of this and uh, a lot of your regression work has culminated in your authoring of the books I mentioned in the beginning of the show, Shrouded Truth, The Magdalene Lineage, and Divine Consciousness. We have to go to break in a minute, but set up for us how these books came to be. Okay. So about, um, so like I mentioned before, when I was training in past life regression and, and uh, you know, obviously I, I'm a therapist as well, um, about eight different people over the course of four years came up to me 
<clears throat> during our sessions. Now, it could be they came for a between live session. It could be because they wanted to work on a particular trauma, but they all dipped in and dived into the biblical life as well. And this happened over a long period of four years. And bearing in mind, I had no Christian background. So I, you know, the only thing I knew about Christianity was Christmas and Jesus died on the cross. That was it. (laughs) (laughs) So, so the first regression that came through was, you know, this person came through, Mia came through for a between lives. Part of between lives is taking them back to a significant past life. And then when she entered James, the life of James, the brother of Jesus, all I could think of at that point was Jesus had a brother. Um, But, you know, when and and initially I never thought about writing the books, I just thought, okay, you know, this is all very interesting. Let's let's do what the the client or the student came to do, you know, to to meet those objectives. But it's interesting because when when you have so many different lives popping up at the same time with a similar narrative that's different to the mainstream narrative. Um, I sort of sat there and I thought to myself, okay, so there's something here. And I contacted all of them. And, um, you know, I was very lucky that all of them said, yes, they would want to investigate this a a lot deeper, except for one, um, which he's not in the book. He went back to the life of uh, St. Peter, but he didn't want to investigate it more. So I didn't I don't have his regressions in the book. But it culminated in sort of this amazing life story around Jesus and, you know, what happened at the crucifixion and what happened after with these significant characters. Okay, so so if I understand correctly, then through past life regression, uh, these people you were working with, the the clients or students or however you uh, term them, um, actually regressed to. Uh, the time of Jesus, were they actually these characters? Was one of them actually St. Peter or were they just, were they people that were associating with and around these characters we're talking about? No. So, uh, so they, they actually went back to those lives of these people. So we, we got, um, uh, we got, so we went back to the life of James, the brother of Jesus. We there was Mary Magdalene. There was St. Paul. There was uh, Martha, the sister of Jesus, uh, sorry, the sister of Mary Magdalene, who went back to Tamar, the daughter of Jesus and Mary Magdalene, and there are a couple more as well. And when you say we went back to them, do you mean, because my understanding of past life regression is that each of us has lived a series of lives throughout all of time, and I could regress to one of my lives, but but I can't necessarily regress to somebody else's, right? No, no, you can't. So when I say we went back, because I was sitting there sort of navigating the life, it almost mm-hmm. feels like I went back there with them. You know, it almost feels like I was I was there sort of seeing and, and observing the whole thing that they were going through. So that's why I automatically say we went back. Don't forget to subcri- subscribe to our YouTube channel. Also, our Twitch channel. Both of them can be found just by searching my name, JV Johnson. Uh, and also find us on Facebook, Beyond Reality Radio, or my page, which is JVJ Paranormal. Follow, like, share, do all those things. If you're listening to the show as a podcast, we have a lot of podcast listeners. It's a very convenient way to listen to the show. It's not live, obviously, but it's it's automatically downloaded to your smart device, usually your phone, by subscribing through your podcast 
app. And that way the show is always available to you, not just the newest episodes, but also the archive of episodes. So it's a great way to uh, to listen to the show and, and hear all of the interviews that we do here on Beyond Reality and share that with your friends as well. Tonight we're talking with Rena. Uh, Kumar Rossingham. And I, you know, I, every time I go to say your name, Rena, I get a little nervous that I'm going to not say it correctly. <laughs> and when I asked you before we started our conversation, if I was pronouncing it correctly, you hesitated, but then you said, yeah, it kind of sounds right. Am I close? You are very close. And I think you're very brave to say it. that's my father's that that's my Sri Lankan heritage right there. <laughs> <laughs> it's a tongue twister, that's for sure. But anyway, we're we're grateful to have you with us tonight. Uh, Rena is the author of several books uh, called uh, Shrouded Truth: The Magdalene Lineage and Divine Consciousness. Now, are these books all part of a series, uh, Rena? Yeah, they are. They are part of a series because they start. It started off. It all started off with Shrouded Truth, but you can read them separately as well. So they've been sort of. Um, you don't have to read them one after the other. You can just, you know, get whichever one that resonates with you the most and, and you can just um, read it. Yeah. Okay. So you, you started to give us the background on how the books came to be. Uh, it wasn't something that you intended to do, um, but they yeah. just kind of evolved and it kind of, kind of uh, happened through your work with um, students in past life regression therapy. So tell us exactly uh, what information was coming through during these sessions and how it how it formed uh the basis of the books i mean what information is important here okay so when so let's start with shrouded truth first because that's the first book that came about okay so as i mentioned before you know when you get eight different people and these were people that were from different parts of the world so you know that i think there were there's a there's one person who who lives in singapore there's one person who lives in australia you know there there was one person who lived in denmark but she's from the u.s you know there were a couple of people from america uh, sorry from the uk and you know, hardly not most of them didn't have much to do with 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 another. They didn't know anybody else, and and their main their common point of of uh, interaction was with me. <clears throat> Sorry, I just keep getting a frog in my throat. <laughs> do you have some and water? Water next to you? Yeah. Okay, good. <laughs> I do. Um, so you know what basically happened was there there was this amazing story of people that surrounded Jesus Christ that came through and it was so rich with their experience and their emotions. I mean, I'm very passionate about the people that came through because, you know, when you do regression sessions, um, one of the big things that happen is, is, is when they go through their emotions and they're basically sharing everything with you, right? Like all the significant parts of their lives with you. And so they're laughing, they're crying. You can feel the visceral fear. For example, during the cruci- the, you know, when, when, when during the crucifixion, um, you can feel the, the intense sadness and then you can feel everything else that happens beyond the crucifixion. So, it was very interesting because um, one of the main things that happened uh, that we looked at was, did Jesus die on the cross or not? And and um, again, you know, what came through the regressions is very different to the mainstream narrative. And initially, and because I had all this data and I had, you know, very little knowledge about Christianity before I started to do the research, you know, initially I was just a little bit skeptical 
And so what I did was I had all these accounts and I said, okay, I have got to do some research to see if um, the accounts can be backed up by academic research. And, you know, much of my accounts could be backed up by academic research. But then there was also this linchpin client, I would call her. Her past life was very, very short back to that life. But she, she, it was almost like, and she wasn't a significant character in, as we would know it. Like she wasn't like James, the brother of Jesus. She wasn't like Mary Magdalene, but she was this crucial point that made me think, okay, there is a book here. And so that's how Shrouded Truth was born. And as I was writing about uh, writing Shrouded Truth and, you know, basically the story to the crucifixion and beyond for the different characters, um, I realized that there were glimmers of different teachings that came through with Mary Magdalene, with James, the brother of Jesus, and with St. Paul, the evangelist. And so I delved a lot deeper into the Mary Magdalene story and this you know, phenomenal woman emerged with all her insights and all her wisdom and all her teachings. And, you know, I paired that up with um, her daughter because she sort of passed her teachings on to Tamar, her daughter. And that's how the Magdalene lineage, which is the second book, that's how that came about with a lot of teachings, uh, sorry, with a lot of research. And I realized that her teachings became the foundation for Gnosticism. And then I also delved deeper into St. Paul and James, the brother of Jesus, because St. Paul basically founded the Gentile Christian movement, you know, and Gentile Christian movement is the foundation of Christianity as we know it now. Mm -hmm. And then you had um, James, the brother of Jesus, who sort of took on the mantle of the original church from Jesus, who practiced more the Judeo-Christian branch of Christianity. And so, you know, basically we've got three very different um, types of teachings that came through, different types of philosophies that came through that basically wove a rich tapestry of uh, very early ancient Christianity. Wow, that's fascinating. Um, I have to ask you kind of a, a, a technical question before, yeah. before we continue talking about this. When you bring someone back to a, a specific time period, and in this case, you know, you're taking them back about 2,000 years to the time of Christ. Do mm -hmm. you have to do this? In a, is it done in a sequential way? In other words, do you keep, you know, working back through past lives of a person until they get to that point? Or can you pinpoint it and actually bring them, bring them there rather quickly or rather instantly? Yeah, because these lives sort of came up spontaneously when we were doing other sessions, it was, it, you can just take them back spontaneously uh, with the subsequent sessions. So, okay. So, so you do have a little more control of that. Um, oh, yeah. So as yeah. this, this information was coming out, I mean, you, you made a curious sentence here. Well, it was curious to me anyway, when you said, um, you know, you, you wanted to know whether Christ died on the cross and yes. the information that you got back was uh, a little different than what we have in our conventional wisdom. And I think the conventional wisdom comes from the biblical, biblical account, the New Testament That's account right. of That's what right. happened to Jesus. But you're saying that that, in that particular instance, the information you got varied from that. Yes, it, it totally varied from that. 
because um, what actually came through in Shraddha Truth that that actually goes down with the the two other books is that um, Jesus didn't die on the cross. He was substituted. And so someone else, you know, basically died on the cross. Wow. And and so basically what happened after that, I mean, he, he went through the entire torture process, mm-hmm. you know, um, but because of his brother, you know, the brother... So again, there were so many things here that that sort of don't fit with the the what you call conventional wisdom, but you know there's a lot of academic research that back this up as well. You know, because um, a lot of people with the conventional wisdom, it was it came through that Jesus was you know very poor, <clears throat> but actually Joseph, Jesus's father, was a merchant. He wasn't like um, the richest merchant. Um, in ancient Judea, but he was a merchant. And when he passed away, he passed the business to James, the brother of Jesus, who then grew the business exponentially to the point where he had an import-export business with ancient Britannia, where they came to Cornwall to um, mine for tin, and they sort of sold it along the way, you know, back and forth. To, to ancient Judea and, and Britannia. And so because he was so powerful, James, the brother of Jesus, he could actually um, manipulate the situation, as it were, to prevent Jesus's death at, on the cross. Wow. Um, first of all, I have to know, this: the, the version of events that you just related to us did that mm-hmm. all come, and you have to forgive my ignorance here, but did that no, all come from the regression therapy yes. or was that partially uh, some historical accounts that you got elsewhere? That, or was that all regression? It was, yes, it was all regression, but I could, but putting it in con- the historical context was backed by, by his, the history, uh, by research. But yes, that information just came through regression. So as you were hearing this, first of all, mm-hmm. I have to ask this question. Based on the information you were getting from the regression therapy with these various people that you were working with, are we still talking about a Jesus who was who was divine? Oh, so this is really interesting, and I love this question. So, so I'm just going to jump ahead to divine consciousness, where okay. I regressed both Paul and James. So, basically, um, Jesus as a whole was an incredibly, incredibly inspiring figure, and this sort of permeates through all three books. And he he brought through a different consciousness, right? He had an expanded consciousness. He was more of an illuminated, enlightened being. But one of the things that he taught a lot was that we we all are divine. You know, there is the divine consciousness within. We don't have to look outside necessarily. And so he was just sort of, you know, trying to encourage people to see their own divinity and to shine their own radiant light. As I'm just um, quoting the the phrases from the book. Um, But and so when James, the brother of Jesus, took on the mantle, if you look at Judeo-Christian beliefs basically they say that jesus was 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 you know mortal was an incredibly inspiring enlightened mortal being 
Um, and, and Gnosticism says that as well. You know, Gnosticism says that, you know, he, he is divine, but he's also mortal at the same time, just like anybody else is. But so then you have Paul, the evangelist, and this is how this story emerges. And I love this story because Paul is seen to either be, um, you know, the a great asset to Christianity, or he's seen as a villain, depending on how you view Christianity at this point in time. But what happened with Paul is that he was so inspired by Jesus that he um, he wanted to to pass Jesus's teachings of love and compassion to everybody. And what he did was he took on the most difficult task of going into Rome and to pass to 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 pass on Jesus's teachings. Now, in Rome at those in those days, they sort of they they colonized ancient Judea. They didn't like the Jews. And so for Paul, it was very difficult to come in to go into Rome and say, "Okay, so here is this really inspiring Jewish person who spread this message of love." He, no one would hear him. The second thing as well that he faced in Rome was that there was a really strong entrenched belief system um, in divine deities, in multiple divine deities. They, I mean, they, were, they practiced paganism, but not only that, it was almost like the people had to sacrifice to appease their gods. Um, otherwise, they will be faced with the wrath of their gods. So a mortal man couldn't compete with with divine deities. So what he did was he fashioned Jesus to be the son of God, because so when he elevated Jesus's uh, divinity levels, then people could hear him. They could hear the message. And not only that, he then said, okay, so here was this divine being that sacrificed himself on the cross because he loves you as opposed to you sacrifice to your gods, otherwise they'll be angry with you, mm-hmm. right? So mm-hmm. he flipped he flipped the entire narrative. And, and that's how he got this really strong message across in, in, in Rome. And he could then start teaching Jesus' teachings in Rome because he sort of made this, you know, he, he elevated um, Jesus to the status of being divine. And, you know, a lot of people that I've spoken to who resonate with the story, they say, you know, they're they're angry with him because he changed everything. And I actually think that, you know, I have a lot of empathy for him because I, I, you know, if it weren't for him, I don't think, you know, Christianity as we know it wouldn't be, wouldn't be here right now. And, um, and, you know, I don't even know if Jesus would actually be known without his efforts. So, yeah, um, as this information was coming through, um, you know, a lot of people would probably have their jaw dropped to the floor and maybe you did as well. But was your non-Christian background, did it make it easier for you to process and maybe even explore this a little more deeply? Yeah, it made it a very uh, a lot easier because I was very objective. So I didn't have, you know, any preconceived notions right. apart from Jesus dying on the cross, of course, at Christmas. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> um, <laughs> but other than that, when all the information came through, I was like an, an open book. So I sort of, and it, it helped me be very, very objective because, you know, as 
you know, when you're working in, in regression therapy, one thing we are taught is to suspend any judgment because through quantum physics, you know, you, you can sort of, and because the person who's going through regression is in such an open state and they are able to, to absorb quite a lot of vibrations, um, you know, you could influence the person going through it. Um, but because I had no information, <laughs> there was no right. way I could influence anything. <laughs> yeah. Well, that, that leads so, me to the next question. Um, without revealing too much about your, uh, again, were they students or subjects? I, I call them regressees. Regressees. Uh, yeah. Without revealing too much information, uh, what type of time, type of backgrounds did these people possess? Were they Christian? Were they religious people? Were they kind of indifferent? Do you know? Yeah. Uh, yeah, I do. And I do, I do put that in Shrouded Truth. So um, Martha, for example, the person who went back to the life of Martha was very, very much involved in Christianity. I mean, she knew all the different branches of Christianity. She was quite learned in it. She grew up as a Catholic uh, uh, in Ireland. So she was quite learn, learned in it. Um, then you have the, the, the extreme where you had uh, Mina, who went back to the life of Thomas, uh, disciple Thomas. Uh, yeah, she had no idea. <laughs> so that was quite interesting <laughs> because after her initial, you know, spontaneous regression, she came out of it. She looked at me and she goes, Jesus had a disciple, Thomas. I said, I don't know. And we Googled it <laughs> to get confirmation. And then you had Mia who went back to the life of James. She was like half, she, she knew half the story, but she didn't quite know, you know, the other half. Um, and then Mary Magdalene had no idea. <laughs> that was quite cute because she came, she was of the, you know, she had an Asian descent. Um, and then there was uh, Tamar. Tamar had, Tamar had no idea about Tamar. She didn't realize that there was a, a, a daughter there at all. And Tamar's regression was really particularly interesting as well because, you know, for someone who's a practicing regression therapist, it was quite difficult regressing her because I kept having to pull her down into her body because, and then towards the end, um, because she was having all these, you know, amazing experiences. And, um, and I, towards the end, you know, when Rose, um, the person who came up in her in her rose body said that you know it felt like uh, Tamar was on the spectrum, you know. So that's why it was a little bit more. Uh, it was a it was it was a very very different regression. So that to me was very interesting because I've never regressed anyone on the spectrum before, and and to get that information was fascinating. How confident are you that the information you were getting was truly coming from? Uh, the sources that you're being told they were coming from? I'm actually very con, and, and it's a great question. I was actually, and I, and I look, I, I talk about this in my books as well. I'm actually really confident that um, the sources were coming from them because um, very few, you know, because of the emotional, the amount of emotional intensity that they experienced. So I'm just going to give you an example, okay. you know, Say, say, you know, in our current lives, we we don't have a pet, right? I, do you have a pet, JV? I do have a, a dog, yes. 
Okay, you do have a dog. Okay, so if I came and told you, oh, JV, you know, I have a dog and my dog got really sick and, you know, my dog has passed away. Because of your memory attachment to your dog, you will be able to see and feel a greater amount of emotional empathy for my experience than if you, say, didn't have a pet. Does that make sense? So sure, yeah. You can connect with it, yeah. That's right. And also for 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 the way our our memory works, our our neurophysiology works, you know, the 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 emotional processing our emotional processing system is is located very close to our memory recall. Whereas our imagination and what we make up is right in front of the brain. So it's not as close to the emotion. So if we're imagining something, we don't have as intense an emotional experience. But when we are recalling a memory, you know, the emotional experience is incredibly visceral and it's incredibly real because there is an immediate connection. So with most, uh, with all the, 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 the people, the regressives I was talking about, the emotional connection was very, very visceral. Not only that, but, you know, if you look at all their accounts, 80% of all their accounts sort of dovetail to, into one another. And so, um, so to me, that sort of makes sense as well. But in Shrouded Truth, I do have a regression in that book about someone who claimed that they went back to the life of Jesus himself. And, and I've put this in the book to illustrate the difference between someone who sort of pulled something because they idolized Jesus so much that the energy, the emotion, the, the you know, everything's very different. The way he responds is very different versus what I would categorize and what I'm quite confident of are people who went back to the lives of the, the, the characters. When you talk about these accounts dovetailing, meaning that they, they support one another and they fit together, uh, That's right. were the regressions done as in, in a group setting or were they individual? Oh, they were all individual. All individual over a period of four years in different so, parts of the world. So each one of the people being uh, put through the regression did not have an awareness of what the other folks were saying? No, they didn't. I, I said that I did that uh, very conscientiously because I didn't want to uh, interfere with their recall at all. So I would say to them, OK, would you do this book for me? And then only after I was confident that all the regressions were done, would I then share a little bit about what the other people got. As you put this but, information together and you published it in, in your books, did you get a reaction from any biblical scholars or maybe even the religious community? Um, it's, I, I only got, I got people who, who were very strongly entrenched in the, in the, in the belief. Yeah, and the and, emotional and, stuff doesn't really help here, obviously. But so you didn't have anybody who took, it, took a look at it from an intellectual standpoint, maybe, and... Oh no, I did. Oh, I you did because okay. I got yeah, I got I got some reviews, you know. So I I did get that. Um, so, I mean, obviously there were some people that 
one of the things I, I and I do talk about regression and, and how skeptics sort of see and view regression. So I did address that in the book. So I did get a couple of people who just sort of um, uh, sniggered. <laughs> <laughs> But which is fine, you know, because in all my books, I say, you know, this is another this is an, another alternative, another alternate narrative. You make up your minds because that's what I want my readers to do. Right. I, I think all readers are very intelligent, like everyone has got their own intelligence. I didn't want to ram someone down their throats, as it were, but I wanted to share a different narrative and people can resonate with it. So I've had, I have had people also in the religious communities who've read it and who've told me that it makes a lot of sense to them. And it's sort of, you know, although it was very difficult reading for them, you know, with all the information that was coming out, it has shifted and, and expanded their perspective, which I think is a very positive thing. I have had one person who sort of come to me and said, oh, you know, this is blasphemous and, you know, it's all heresy. But the interesting thing is, you know, in my research, I've I've gone and sort of researched what heresy is. You know, the root word of heresy is, is rooted in a Greek word that means um, opinion and choice. So, you know, basically, if you if you have a different opinion and if you have and if you're making different choices, according to the root Greek word of heresy, you know, that's basically what you were doing. And that's how Christianity came about. You know, so Jesus was was had a completely different opinion of ancient Judea and and the Pharisees and the Sadducees, like the ancient Jewish religion. Paul had a completely different opinion of, you know, what the Romans believed in and where he was passing on the, you know, a completely different perspective. So did James and Mary Magdalene and everybody who walked with Jesus. So, you know, to me, you know, almost Christianity was birthed through having a different choice and a different opinion. And, and that's what I tried to convey in my books that, you know, we all have choices and we all have our intelligent divine beings that we can make these opinions ourselves. We're going to run and run out of time before we run out of questions. But as you uh, put these books together, you wrote the books. You obviously had them published, released for people to read. What what what's it, what's the important relevance other than just an, uh, a different take on the uh, the uh, founding of Christianity? There's obviously a, a bigger message here. There is a much bigger message, and the message is it didn't matter, you know, with Gnosticism or Judeo-Christian Christian beliefs or Gentile Christian beliefs. It didn't matter what the differences are. At the end of the day, the, the big message that came through was they shifted consciousness because they tried to bring about a message of an essence of love, and that's what Christos is about. And that's why, you know, 2,000 years ago when they had this big shift in consciousness, they were trying to convey a message of love. They were trying to convey a message of, you know, we are all divine. Um, but that kind of didn't take necessarily 2,000 years ago. Now, as we're moving through a different consciousness, we have the opportunity now to really embrace the essence of, of these inspiring teachings and to embrace the fact that, you know, despite the intense polarization that we're experiencing at the moment, we can step back from it and try and, you know, infuse ourselves with that essence of love and see the world through that, that essence of love and sort of shift from that, you know, that suffocating grid into this, this you know, the pockets of freedom um, 
um, because at the end of the day, you know, if 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 we can uh, embody the teachings that that have come through, um, then then it, it, it's, it's just that. It's about living in love, in a, in a higher vibration, in the new consciousness. In, in, a, in a greater sense here, have you considered using these techniques, these same techniques that got you this information, uh, in some of others of history's biggest mysteries? Uh, I mean, it must be a, a kind of tempting to do that. It is very tempting to do that, but um, we have to be very careful as well that we don't lead, because you don't know which client has had what life, you know. Right. So we, we we can't lead a client or a random client into a, a particular life. I mean, that's what happened with the Jesus, the regression of you know Jesus inverted commas, where I messed up, and I put my messed up in my book to show the difference. Um, but you know, when they come up spontaneously. That's when you can actually sit down and 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 look at it and and really um, appreciate it. So I don't tend to, yeah, leading leading. You, you just won't get the accurate narrative with 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 if you lead someone into a, a particular life. And probably the most important question of the night, Rena, mm -hmm. is you're in the UK, right? I am in the UK. And you're yes. like you're you're. It's like five or six in the morning there for you. That's isn't it? exactly right. How do you yep. sound so awake and I have so know. much energy? <laughs> I don't know. I woke up at half past three, going oh. <laughs> <laughs> but I think it's because I you're such an amazing interviewer, JV, and you know you're pulling. You know your questions are amazing. Yeah, I feel so comfortable with you, and I'm very passionate about the subject I'm talking about. And so I think that's how I sound awake. But of course, of course I'm going to go to bed now. <laughs> <laughs> and you deserve it. Where can people find the books, Rena? So you can find all the books on Amazon and Book Depository. Divine Consciousness uh, will be released on the 25th of um, September, but you know it's available for pre-order now. Both Shrouded Truth and the Magdalene Lineage are already out. Um, but you can find all that information on my website as well, the one that you're going to link down below <laughs> because it's a long name. <laughs> well, this has been a great discussion. Thank you so much for sharing this with us, and I hope you'll uh, consider coming back at some point. I would love to come back, JV. Thank you so much for having me. It's been an amazing opportunity. Beyond Reality Paranormal is hosted by J.V. Johnson and produced by Orion Palmer and Slick Eddie Edwards. Like us on Facebook and subscribe to our YouTube channel. Please consider supporting the program either through your podcast platform, click on the link in the description, or on Patreon at Joha Productions. If you'd like to be a guest on Beyond Reality Paranormal or you have a recommendation for a guest, contact our producer, Slick Eddie Edwards. Eddie is spelled with a Y at slickeddieedwards at gmail.com.